Hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to church. My name is Clayton Holder. I am the student pastor here at One Chapel Liberty Hill. And Pastor Darren asked me to fill in this week to get to speak. And, uh, well, I found out uh, last Sunday, actually, uh, that I'd be doing this. So in good old Pastor Darren fashion. Um, it's just, you know, but hey, we're here. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's going to be a great Sunday. I'm super excited to get to share with you guys to continue on in this series um, of Beloved. Uh, we're, going, we're going through 1 John. Pastor Darren covered chapter 1 last week, and now you guys get to go through chapter 2 with me this week. And it, it, it really is nice. Uh, it's like a breath of fresh air to get to be here, and I don't hear chip bags opening up. Um, and uh, little giggles in the back, and I'm not calling anybody out uh, in a specific area um, where that noise normally comes from, but no, it really is going to be an awesome, awesome uh, day here. I'm super excited, but uh, as we were getting, you know, into this theme of First John chapter 2, and I, I should probably stop moving around. I keep hitting the spots. Um, I wanted to ask a question, pose a question to everyone here. And that is actually, um, does anybody here have any pet peeves? Yeah? <laughs> Chip bags opening, maybe? I don't know. Um, no, like, because uh, my wife and I, we live down in uh, South Austin, basically Buda. And so sometimes, you know, the drive to and fro, or to and from here, uh, can be a lengthy one. Um, but you know, with that amount of time, there's a bunch of traffic, a bunch of different characters you get to meet on the road. And as I was writing this out, I was like, I feel like maybe some people in the room could relate to this. Uh, I know uh, there's, you know, I've, had, I've heard people say uh, they are a little annoyed sometimes at pet peeve when people don't use their turn signals when they're supposed to. Um, let's see, oh, when people are driving under the speed limit in the fast lane, uh, that's another one. And I mean, they don't have their lights on when it's raining outside, just... Oh, and then, well, you guys kind of see the theme of that. And, but one of the ones that really, it really gets to me, it really pulls on my heartstrings, is the fact that they did not stop making movies after Shrek 3. They should have just cut it off there. Shrek 1, Shrek, Shrek, Shrek 2, and Shrek 3, it is the perfect trilogy. I will fight you on it. Come talk to me after uh, service at the five-minute party. I will be there. Come get your keychain and talk to me about Shrek, how Shrek 2 was probably the best one. That we've got going on. Now, I mean, it's just, it's perfect storytelling. I mean, yeah, I will, I'll fight you on it. But the point that I wanted to make is that sometimes in the world, there can be a number of things that sometimes get under our skin, right? They should have stopped making Shrek movies. That person was going too slow. There's a chip bag opening up uh, when there's an important speaker. <clears throat> and with all those things going on, um, sometimes it can cause our perception of people to be a little disoriented, a little off, a little murky. And what this, what John does in First John chapter two is he kind of takes us on a journey to really see uh, how we're supposed to be called to view people and love on people, despite the fact that they might not love us or they do things that kind of get under our skin a little bit. Um, so, for some background, before we kind of dive in here, um, it was interesting, when, when this was being written, Christianity was still in its young stages, right? And John is having to remind believers of these basic principles to, of following Christianity. Uh, 
and we have a saying at TAG that we like to do. It's uh, be like Jesus, be with Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And so those are some core principles that we have with our students, and I think it's core principles for us to, everybody, to live out as we're, as we're called to walk with Jesus and be disciples of him. And now this letter here is written in a response uh, to some false teachers, I keep hitting that spot, who were teaching that all these different spiritual elements are either good and all physical, uh, which fleshly elements, right, are bad, okay? They denied that Jesus was a real human because that would make him flesh, which, which their teaching was be evil, right? It'd be bad. And they taught that, G- you guys can laugh, it's okay. They taught that Jesus wasn't really human, right? And that he only appeared to have a physical body. Now, this is a personal letter of deep concern for believers that addresses the hostility and division that comes from this kind of false teaching. And so, you guys join with me. We're going to go ahead and just jump right into 1 John chapter 2. All right, in verse 1, and this is the NIV I'm reading from. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not know what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. For those people who did Catalyst, you guys might recognize that, that line there. All right, we're going to continue on in verse 7. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever." Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. 
and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. I know, guys, we're almost done. This was a lengthy chapter. Verse 24. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Would you guys pray with me real quick? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, I thank you for today. I thank you for allowing us all to get together and to get to dive into your word, Lord. We get to listen in and, and, and listen to what you're trying to speak to us, Father, what you're trying to reveal to us this morning about the truth. And Lord, I just pray that as we continue on with this message, it wouldn't be me speaking, Father, but it would just be your words coming out through me, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so a little bit to unpack there. Um, I, was looking, I was looking over chapter one when Darren had to speak last week. I was like, huh, that's significantly shorter than chapter two. Uh, I wonder why he, okay. But no, there is a, we can, we're actually going to break this up into about three different sections uh, from chapter two. All right. And the first section is actually verses 1 through 14, which it actually gives us a nice reflection, kind of back into what Pastor Darren was speaking about last week in chapter 1, which is that Jesus is the center of all relationships, right, with people and with God. And two is that Jesus died for our sins, which allow us to walk in righteousness before God and walk in fellowship with one another. And so that's, that's the whole first section, really just a big recap of chapter one, kind of getting our mindsets, right? But this next section is where John actually gets to present us with some challenges. Everybody say challenges. Some challenges that we actually face when we're walking in relationships. And now the first of these challenges is how the love of the world is dividing us. See, the love of the world, this, this worldliness is it's a specific area of sin that divides us from God. And it's laid out for us in verse 15 here. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So then how can we tell what, you know, our, uh, what the object of our love and devotion is, right? What, what is it that we love? Well, there are three areas of our own life where we can actually do a deep dive and take a look and kind of do a hard check on ourselves and see where, where are we centered at. And the first one is with our time. Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. It's, I mean, we all know it, right? Our time here on earth is it's very precious and it's a limited commodity here. Um, and we have to really ask ourselves, like, how are we choosing 
to spend that resource? How are we choosing to spend that time? Where are we investing, right? So that was the first one. That was time. The second one is attention. See, when Jesus confronted the Pharisees for paying more attention <laughs> to their traditions than his living word, he said in Matthew 15, 8, that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Whatever has your attention, this is good, this is good. Whatever has your attention has your affection. Whatever has your attention has your affection. And then that third thing here is expense. In Matthew 6, 21, he says, for, when your tr- for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's what we have to ask ourselves this morning and every day when we get up. And, you know, we talk about picking up our, our cross daily and carrying out. We have to make these decisions to love people, these decisions to what are we investing in today, right? What is, is it going to be something that's quick and easy and it's like, okay, cool, you know, I'm going to get some instant gratification from this or is it going to be, I'm investing in something and it's actually going to lead to a legacy. I might not get to see it, but it's going to lead to something down the road and that's the faith that I have in it, right? See, the way of the world, this is so good, is the way of the world is of self-preservation and self-glorification. The way of Jesus is self-sacrifice and glorifying God. All issues of lust and pride are rooted in selfishness and are at odds with the nature of this selflessness that Christ is working within us. Uh, I was listening to one of my good friends, Jansen Riles. I don't know if anybody knows him, remembers him. He used to be a youth pastor here, and now he's a youth pastor up at... uh, it's the nation church up in Virginia, him and his wife, Maggie, and I actually was listening to one of his reels the other day on Instagram, it popped up, and he was talking about the same idea here, that being a follower of Jesus, it also means looking at the person across from you and loving them, even though they might not love you back. Being able to look at them and say, you know, God gave his one and only son for us. <laughs> that is selflessness. And so then we have to take that same mindset and go, I, I don't care how this person is treating me here in front of me. I don't care how they're acting. I will love them. I will continue and choose to make that decision to show them love. Because when we do that, we're getting to show them who Jesus is. And there's rewards to be found in loving, you know, in loving the world. I'm not going to lie. There are some things, but like I said, they're all instant gratification, Right? Uh, they take away our time, our attention, and expense to go do those things, but when we could also have our time, attention, and expense being invested in Him and what, what He has set for us. See, Scripture tells us to not love the world, right? We covered that. But also, Scripture says that God so loved the world. So I can be a little confusing, but the w- world that God loves is us, His creation, right? We are the treasure. <laughs> Even the people who open chip bags during a message. Even the people who cut us off in traffic, who don't like Shrek 1, 2, or 3. But those are the same people that he loves. And now if you keep going on in that verse, right, where it talks about, for God so loved the world, he did it be- because he, he gave right? For God so loved the world, who wants to finish it? Yes, he gave his only begotten son for us, 
It was for us because he loved us. He loves us. He's showing us that his way of love really is of self-sacrifice. And that's the model that we, we don't have to, but we get to carry into each relationship. Who's opening up those chips? <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't have PTSD or anything from, so there's some finger pointing over there in the tag section back there. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. All right. But no, so, so that was this first challenge that we're presented. The first challenge is that the love of the world is dividing us. Now, the second challenge that we're faced with is that the work of the enemy or antichrist spirit is going after and dividing us. Now, for some context, um, I know for me growing up, too, I remember my mom used to say, like, oh, they're the antichrist. They're not, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody. Um, but they would, my mom would say these things, and I was like, oh, that's a person. That's one person, right? That's one thing or one person that is. But really, um, the Antichrist is defined as one who denies or opposes Christ. <laughs> there are multiple Antichrists. In verse 22, it even said, who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. So it doesn't just have to be this one big thing or person. It could just, it's, it's just other people who've turned their backs, who have said, I'm den- I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm denying it. Nope, sorry. All right, I just wanted to get that context kind of out there as we continue to <laughs> go on here. Um, so verses 18 through 23, this is that next section here, a little bit. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. That's you guys and me. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do not, because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. And this is the verse I just read. Who is the liar? It is the Antichrist. Or whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And this passage, it's referring to, like I said, an individual um, as a way of prompting them to recognize a spiritual reality and a pattern. So Antichrist is literally the opposite of Christ or instead of Christ. The Antichrist, there will be a single individual who will lead many believers astray in and in times, rebellion against God. He'll be judged by his empire. Uh, he'll be judged, and his empire will be crushed immediately before the return of Jesus. So that's where we can also have our hope in, <laughs> and over our faith in, and our trust in that. And I'm I'm going to go back to that first thing. Even though there are other antichrists, in the, we're still called to love those people. We are still called to love them. And see, but by this time, you know, there's been many people who've been influenced by the spirit of the Antichrist in this chapter here, and speaking and teaching something instead of Christ, but presenting it as Christ, right? That's where we get these false teachers from, to bring division in the body of believers. He even said that they went out from us. Though these people were once connected to the body, they've now been removed, uh, they've, been, they've been removed from the fellowship, 
I think we all know this, is that the plan of the enemy is to divide and conquer. He's already defeated, <laughs> right? There's no hoping for him winning. He's already been defeated, but he can absolutely still try and divide. Uh, someone told me that if the enemy, I've heard this before, I'm sure you guys have heard it, the enemy can't get you to sin, he'll make you busy. Because in the busyness, we can get caught up in things where there's, it's easier for us to be divided. Our time, our expense, our attention, it all gets divided up. So the enemy wants to destroy the relationships that Christians have with God and with one another. But see, John, he teaches that we're already equipped by the Holy Spirit. We get to spot it and to be able to spot it out and to deal with it. Each of you has an anointing from the Holy One. You have the Holy Spirit in you who can help you to separate the truth from a lie. And you guys know the truth. It is the, it's the word that you've heard from the beginning, which the Holy Spirit gets to remind you of. So those are the challenges, right? So that was section two. We were presented with the, the recap was section one. Section two, we were presented all with the challenges, and it's kind of like, okay, this is kind of like the downer side a little bit. We have to, we, great, we have, we have a force trying to divide us between ourselves and divide us from God. Awesome, fantastic. But we also get a solution here, and it's the last part this little last section that John gets to talk about in verses 24 through 29, we get to see this picture a bit of how we get to preserve and protect those relationships that we have. So in verse 24, it says, As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anything or anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming." If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See, there's a, there's a way here um, that we get to preserve and protect our relationships, and that's with obedience to God's word. Obedience to God's word and Jesus' way. That's our key, just to having that obedience. Sometimes it looks like waking up and saying, I'm going to love on this person today. <laughs> I'm going to love on them, God. They have treated me wrong this whole time at work. You know, maybe it's someone at school. I'm, I'm always used to making references for school, so sometimes it's harder for me to be like, oh, yeah, like people actually work because a lot of our kids are still in like middle school and high school. So it could be someone at, at your work that um, has been very mean to you, mistreated you, and you feel like you might have, you, you were owed something, but we're called to love those people. And we get to accomplish this by remaining in him, continuing in him, and staying connected in fellowship with others. We're called to not be alone. We're not called to do life alone. We're called to do it with this community, with people, with other believers. We're supposed to be walking in faith with them, right? And we don't get to accomplish this either by living out what we guess we get to perceive as our truth, I've heard this a bunch lately in social media because there's just, social media has a big influence right now. It's, it's spreading. There's a bunch of different outlets, 
And one of the things that I've been hearing about is, like, people telling, like, well, that's, that's my truth. That's my truth. And I'm sure maybe some of you guys have heard it. I've, I've been guilty of actually saying it sometimes, too. Um, but what that statement, statement generally means is that it's what's true to them or true to, based off of their own experiences and understanding. And it can be subject to everything. There's one day my truth can mean this, but another day my truth can be this. And oftentimes it's used as a justification <laughs> for our actions. <laughs> like, well, my truth is this, and you don't align with it, so I get to be mean to you. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not a good justification there. And this way of thinking leads us down the path that suggests that we know what's best for us and that we get to do more of what we want to do, right? Um, one of the sayings that I really like, and it's really been... <laughs> Um, something that I've been really leaning into the last few months in this last se- past season has just been uh, just more more of him and less of me. I don't I don't want to be the one who's trying to steer the ship <laughs> of my life. I there's a path set out for me. I want to lean more into that. Anything I can do, and that's what some of this is going against with speaking our truth is that we're leaning more on our own understanding of the world, uh, and quite frankly. Like I said, it's a, it's a cop-out for people wanting to be mean and justify how they're acting. Um, even, yeah, because, I mean, despite the people it hurts along the way. It comes out of a place of selfishness instead of the selflessness of the truth is what we're called to follow. We're called to be in his word, which another word, uh, I've heard that the word is the truth, right? So you, some of you guys have heard that as well. And so we're supposed to be called into that. And that's what I want us to, and that's what we get to do. And we get to practice that out in our relationships with each other and in our relationships with God. Uh, Adrian, you guys want to come back up in the band? See, we're being called to a life that's devoted to Jesus. And Jesus is the only way to have a real and lasting relationship with God and with one another. We can't have both love for the world and love for him. Jesus told his disciples on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 24, I'm reading from the ESV, it says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, that, the word money, uh, it's also, there's a Greek translation that also means like for possessions, right? We can't serve our possessions uh, love, love our possessions and love God, <laughs> right? There, you can't have them both and be truly invested in the other. So for us to preserve our relationships with God and with each other, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm devoted to? What are the things in my life that are competing for God's attention? And that requires us to ask him to search our hearts for some of those things. See, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pride, there's a lot of buildup um, in our lives from ourselves. A lot of us are really, really prideful and proud of our accomplishments and where we've gone so far that sometimes that pride can kind of overtake our steps a little bit and can kind of leak into our relationships with each other, can leak into relationships with God. I know Oftentimes, with a busy work schedule, when I finish up work and I get home, I'm like, I am tired. <laughs> uh, I haven't read my Bible today. I haven't put on worship music that much. I haven't spent time with God, but I am tired. But it's okay because I, I worked really hard, right? I worked really, really hard. 
And we just, we need less of that. Because those little areas in our life, that's what the enemy, the antichrist, this is what these spirits get to go and attack us at. They get those little cracks, those little leaks where they start saying, oh, well, because you guys know what happens with a crack, right? There's like a little chip and then it starts to kind of spread and then the whole foundation becomes weaker. <laughs> we need to stop the cracks. We need to not, and we need to, and that's why we need to do these self-checks. We need to check our hearts because there are plenty of moments where we go throughout things because we're not perfect. There's going to be times where things slip in. There's going to be times where we just slip up and we just, we're not in a good mood. <laughs> we're giving into our flesh and we're just like, yeah, I just, I feel like being mean today. <laughs> and with that, we just, we need to just give it up. And that, that, that starts with really checking what you have inside. And that starts by asking God to help search your heart.